Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. This week, we're talking about another delightful subject in the book of Jeremiah, and that subject is lament. And we actually got some really, really interesting questions about this this week, because uh, I'm actually going to give you one of the questions now. It says, what's the difference between lament and complaining? And we're going to talk about that in this episode, and I'm not going to give you the answer now. You're going to have to listen in to the rest of the episode. And so without any further ado, how do we lament and not complain and whine and all of that stuff? Let's dive right in. Okay, what can we not fun. do? Well, well I have this fancy schmancy um, little button thing. Hey, by the way, we know you're here. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the breaking of the fourth wall. That's right. I have this little switching bobber. It's called a stream deck for all you nerds out there. And I was just trying to, with about three minutes, program it so I could do all our video switching through this and all of our macros, audio changes, and all that stuff. And then I could just put my laptop over there and forget about it. And we could just, I could just have one little boop, 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 boop. I love it. That would have been great, but we can't. No, I've tried it two weeks in a row, but I start programming three minutes before the podcast. So when you say you've tried, you're like, yeah, well, like a, like a vague nod to... There's times where I have a pretty good track record with technology... Last minute? ...that is super last minute. Uh, That's fair. I think you do. I mean, you have an ability (laughs) to pull off nonsense at last, uh, at short notice. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Okay. I I thank you. I think that's good. Thank you. That's, yeah, is that a compliment? Like, you have like, the ability to pull off nonsense at the last minute. I yeah. like that. Oh, my lights. All right. Uh, is that camera massively offline again? It is. It is. Well, no. Well, part of it is I'm no, but here. Still, oh, look. well, Teresa filmed in here, so. So what? She just turned the camera at a really weird angle. No, it's not a weird angle. It's, not, oh, it's, it's just, just lower than it normally is. Okay, that's fair. I thought it was just slanted. I thought it looked like we were on a ship, but maybe that's just because the well, screen the, I'm the looking at. The screen itself is slanted. The camera's not. Okay. But my head is on the edge of being cut okay. off. Well, Hi, everyone. Hi Welcome everyone. to the Red Couch. <laughs> if you are new and have turned off already, we apologize, but this is pretty normal for us. Yeah. Um, so good. welcome uh, as we uh, talk about lament. Lament. Uh, so last week we talked about generosity and giving and that's one of your favorite things i'm joking Mm. and this week we talked about lament and that's one of your favorite things (laughs) i'm joking i I, I do that's like you even mentioned that in the message didn't you you're like two weeks in a row i'm two things i'm not great at yeah so so the weird (laughs) takeaway for that like for some people was me saying i've never had anything in my life to lament and I was like, no, that's not what I said. That's not what I meant. Certainly I just don't I like it. Say. I'm I, like, yeah, I'm just bad at it. I mean, there's been, there's <laughs> certainly been stuff like to, oh, man. To, that, that's, that's really painful, that, that's real loss, that's real grief. Um, but yeah, some, someone came up to me and was like, yeah, this will get you one day. I'm like, no, it already has. Like, life is, is both beautiful and painful often together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Tell me about that. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump into that. We're, just, I mean, I think, I, we're I think, going for the jugular. I think, well, I, think, I think what I would describe as as like the best illustration of pain meets beauty is actually when Jude, my third kid, was born. Uh, he was a heterotopic pregnancy. Um, 
so my brain just it's broke. like yeah it's 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 a very rare thing where there's one like embryo growing in the womb and one growing in the fallopian tube so he was a twin oh um, really yeah i didn't know that yeah i don't I, I, maybe i've not mentioned it before um but but so so you you the the choice is well what do you do with that yeah um, you can try and just hope it works out but that statistically doesn't work very well usually the embryo keeps growing in the fallopian tube it can explode it can cause massive hemorrhaging usually at that point you lose both well, both babies um you can't just take wow. a, a pill that someone would take with a normal uh, ectopic pregnancy because well there's another baby in the womb yeah. so so you have like the like the beauty of life and then the beauty the, the sadness of the loss of life in the same moment um wow like life is both beautiful and challenging at the same time so often and you yeah. see that like as a picture in marriage you see that as a picture in um parenting like there's beauty there's struggle there's trial there's uh, they all they, they, they there's not like one or the other right and um so so i think uh, but what i tend to do with grief is i tend to just push it aside to deal with another day um and and I was actually listening to an audio book of of, um, of Bono. He's got this awesome book called Surrender, and it's forty songs like that he takes and he like talks about how he wrote them one after yeah, another. Yeah, you were telling me about that. And the one song Iris um, is about his mom, and and he said she died forty years ago. I, I've just tried not to think about it. Uh, and he said I actually when I was writing this album specifically took some time to contemplate what it meant. And he said, it brought up all of this stuff that was buried deep inside me that I had no idea was there. And he said, now, and he said, he actually tried to get it pulled from the album because he, he just said it was just too raw. It, it was too much. Um, and he really finds it hard to play in gigs. And he says, when I, when I do play, I'm deeply aware that people are listening to a 54 year old man crying for his mother. Um, uh. like that. So, so we're, we're, we're a, a whole group of us are masters at pushing lament away pushing grief away, saying, no, I don't do that. Um, yeah, so Sunday, um, could, yeah, let's let's just do, for those who weren't there. Let's do Jeremiah. Let's just do a little bit of catch up on what, what was going on. So obviously you saw that it was, or you've heard, that we talked about lament. Mm. But yeah, where did that start? So in Jeremiah chapter eight there's this the beginning of this section that's classically known as the lamentations of jeremiah or the sufferings of jeremiah or uh, multiple different similar titles um where he starts to unpack just some of what he's expecting to happen i think if we start in is it, is it maybe verse 10 it is the the first part so in verse 10 um he says from the least at least to the greatest they are geared I just covered up you his just screen. covered up the text. I well, can't memorize the text. I've come on. Well, all right. So here's the... They're see, if I had the little game. button thing, <laughs> I didn't... I, see, now I have to go over here to this little window and I have to click on this button and for then the, I got to click the, on this button. Oh, the, and then that's not even the right thing. So I have to click on this button again. For the 10% of people that watch <laughs> instead of listen. So... And ta-da! And then you see my little controller because I can't have the little button. And don't you guys wish that I had the button? I wish I had the button. All right, we're starting Jeremiah. Okay. Chapter 8, verse Chapter 10. Chapter 8, verse 10b. Uh, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. 
They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. There's like this conversation going on societally where almost everyone acknowledges there's something wrong. Um, the differential is like, well, how bad is it? Um, yeah. Where there's a whole bunch of prophets and priests that are like, it's not that, it's not that bad. Uh, no one's coming. There's not going to be military defeat. There's not going to be, um, some kind of societal upheaving, upheaval. Like it, we may not be perfect, but we're going to keep going as we were before. Yeah. And Jeremiah's like, no, it's really that bad. Uh, but his only response really to how bad it is, is to begin this section of grieving, which really begins in verse 22 um so have. now you've got to go back to your thing and then back no because i think i might have just done this oh look at that <laughs> cell phone look i got this that. little button thing that i've already set up in the, all right carry on is there no balm in gilead is there no physician there why is there no healing for the wound of my people he takes the wound illustration he kind of jumps off there into this whole like how do we fix this and he actually then brings in like aspects like i wish i could cry Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. Um, it's this complicated dialogue because at times you might read this section and be like, okay, it's Jeremiah and God talking. Other times it seems like the city is having its own voice into the conversation. You kind of left like this, this one I just read, like where it talks about tears. Is that God or is it Jeremiah? Could yeah. be either. I mean, the, the the Hebrew texts don't have like clear layouts of quotation marks and all these different things that we tend to adopt. Uh, it's complicated. Um, yeah. Jeremiah or perhaps even God are lamenting over the city and over its wound. Um, and, and that seems to be just possibly the beginning of healing. Um, like that's possibly an avenue that will lead to healing, at least in the future. Yeah. So that's where we began with lament. And uh, I can't remember you, how you phrased your big idea exactly, um, but essentially some of the big idea was this um, lament is the beginning of healing. Yeah. Or a lament changes things yeah. slash lament changes us. I think that, so, so I think things is sometimes true and us is pretty universally true. Okay. Um, and that's why I wanted to write things but uh, I gave people three words, lament, changes, and the third option was things, but in the, in the end, I, I said us. Um, okay. All right. So that brings us to our first question. So we got a question. Um, so that's the thesis is essentially that lament is this really important thing for those who are grieving, who are seeing the brokenness of the world and struggling with that. You name it, whatever. And, and broadly, uh, yeah, broadly, I think I labeled it like it's this combination of its protest. It's a response to disorientation. It's anguish of the soul. It, it's more than just grief. Yeah. Because it all, could be anything. It could be a, like uh, you see injustice. You see the Holocaust and you say, that's not right. Mm -hmm. That's the lament too, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's even anger yeah. at the brokenness totally. of the world. So, all right. So that's the statement is this is a good thing. Mm. And our first question comes in and it says, what is the difference between lament and complaining? <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of difference. I, uh, but that's a, so are we just, are, so are, as followers of Jesus, are we called to just be whiners about, oh, oh woe I, is I think me. I'd this, be more intrigued. Oh, bother. <laughs> 
My guess, my life isn't what I hoped it would be. I'd be more intrigued as to, I can't believe we've managed to get Eeyore into this podcast like two weeks out of three. Yeah. And well, I'm like, we're in Jeremiah. <laughs> That's true. We are in Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah is the Eeyore of the Old Testament. Um, I, I would be more intrigued as to whether complaining and whining were the same thing as whether lament and complaining were the same thing. I would say complaining done well is important. Uh, and that actually knowing how to do that is, is healthy. I even think this is true around basic things. Like my wife will not complain about anything when we go to a restaurant. She'll just, she'll just sit there and <laughs> eat her cold food that's badly cooked. I've sent back the same breakfast three times because it's not right. Which you know like, the third time. There's definitely something wacky in there. That might be true, but I'd <laughs> rather they did that and I got to complain. Um, so, so like, so, okay, a breakfast, his... does it matter that much? I guess maybe it doesn't. But complaint is a part of lament. Uh, it's not, it maybe not describes the whole thing. Um, so I think when you lament, um, you are sometimes complaining. I, th I think I'm okay with that definition. Um, okay, so are you saying lament's different than complaining? Yeah. And that complaining is different than whining. All right, I give us some so. definitions. Come on. Okay, so 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 well, well, both complaint and whining probably have a little bit of a pejorative sense in the 21st century. They're things that we say to, to, to our kids, like, oh, you're just whining. Now, now, sometimes we say that even when they actually have a reason for some particular angst. And that, like, that that uh, that fascinates me because yeah i think one of the weaknesses we have of adults is we easily forget what it was like to be a child yeah so so when i when my kids come to me with a question like can we do this or can we not do this i try not to land in maybes yeah i try to say yes or no because i remember being a kid and remember how frustrating it was when your parents just hung maybes over your head constantly, it was like, oh yeah, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that. Like takes away all sense of utility, all sense of like autonomy or, or at least like personal involvement in the decision. So, so I think I, I try not to see that as whining. I try to see that as, as an important protest as a kid, like give me some involvement in the decision. Um, so, so yet regularly, as a parent, you might say, no, you're just whining to a, to a kid. And, and I think from their perspective, it's usually a bigger deal than we make it out to be. And they're often not whining. Now there are times they are definitely whining. Like, like when it's a, oh, I'm whining because we went to Wendy's, not McDonald's. Um, yeah. there's levels it hits, but there's times where we would call it whining and they would say, no, there's a legitimate thing that I'm feeling here. Yeah, and, my my sibling hit me on the head, yeah. and that's not okay. Yeah, so so I'm you're I'm, like suck it up, throw some dirt on it, yeah. <laughs> like you said. So so where all those three interlap, I think is is a little bit fascinating. But I I would say, generally, complaint in a biblical terming is usually presented positively. Job talks about let me bring my complaint to you. Um, yeah, but then God shuts him up. Like, who are you? Like, where were you when I yeah. did this? Where were you when I did this? But he never says he'd done the wrong thing. In actual fact, he says Job has spoken rightly. Yeah. So, so like, okay. it's interesting that God never says to. It's what what I never see from from 
God's argument might be broader of like, yeah, you didn't make the world. You don't know. But he actually never seems to question Job's ability to come and and complain on some level. Almost all of the great religious people we look up to in the Old Testament complain about something. Yeah. Moses complains about stuff. Abraham complains about stuff. Job complains about stuff. Jeremiah complains to God at different sections we haven't had a chance to look at. Jeremiah almost stands in the middle of the two, and sometimes he seems like he's on God's side. Sometimes he seems he's like he's on the people's side. Um, yeah. So, so even if God says, no, I know better, he doesn't seem to push away our, our ability to come and say, I don't like this. Yeah. Okay. So that actually brings us to our second question, which is not exactly the same, but I think it's the same concern. So the second question that we received this week was, can you talk about the difference between lament, lamenting what God has given or allowed and being angry at ups, or upset at God? So it's that same thing. Are we are we just whining and complaining at God, um, or like, yeah, if God's in sovereign and in control, are we just complaining about everything that He does? Like, is that almost blasphemy to say, God, you allowed this or you caused this, and I'm angry about it? Mm. Is that blasphemous? To basically, you're 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 complaining about God's will. Yeah. Yeah, I think you are. I think that's great. I think that's okay. Okay. Make the case for it. Yeah, like, I mean, you already started, but... Yeah, I, 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 so I, I just don't see where it's ever... So, so what I think complaint enables you to do is get to a point of saying, and yeah, I can surrender to your will. Like I, 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 so I think like there's, there's this ability that it gets you there in the end to say, okay, I'm still here, regardless of how I feel about it. I recognize there's things that I don't always get. There's perspectives I don't always see. Somewhere being able to have the honest conversation of, of, of where you see things from my point of view. So, so I do think there's a tension. Do you remember the movie Bruce Almighty? Yeah, uh, no. Oh yeah, I think yeah, it's so. Jim, yeah, Jim Carrey, yep. and he gets to be God for the for however long. It yeah, doesn't really say how long it is, but but God says like, and he, he God reads him Morgan Freeman reads him his own quote, which is right. The gloves are off now. Like, let me see some wrath. Like, why don't you show me some wrath? Like, the only one not doing his job here is you. Um, like the the there is an ability to come with lament. And then there is an ability for that lament to move you to surrender, I think, um, eventually. But I don't know how long it is. I had a fascinating follow-up conversation with someone after the sermon on Sunday where we were talking. She just said, you know, I'm glad we got to talk about lament. Like she said, like, I get uncomfortable with it, but I've got two daughters with cancer. Yeah, I'm angry. Yeah, I don't think that's how it should be. Yeah. Um, like, that's totally how I feel. Um but we're trained as, I don't know if it's culturally, it might be universally, like maybe it, we, we, we have this sense that this whining or complaining or maybe lament is just not okay. Like people don't like it when we do this mm. because it makes them uncomfortable. It, 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 they're trying to ignore their pain. And then when we lament out loud, 
it's reminding them of, yeah, the world is broken. And I was actually doing a pretty good job hiding it. So it, there's almost a shaming around it. So mm. um, I, I think we're wired or something well, to, to think that this is not a good thing. And then you're suggesting it is a good thing. Well, I, th I think we're also wired. Like I, I'm always fascinated by our Western view of, of the personhood of God, because we tend to lead with very classical Greek definitions of what God might be or who he might be. So we tend to think about things like omniscient and omnipotent and all these different terms, actually many of which the old Testament never uses to describe God. Yeah. Like, like the first way it describes him is creator or creative, um, initiator of everything that you see. Yeah. Um, relational is actually a, a very common way that it defines who God is. Yeah. So, so we tend to land with like the big classical definitions of yeah. That the may still be true, but it's certainly not language the the Bible, biblical writers use about God, for the most part. Um, and so when you do that, it puts you in a place where you're like, yes, he's all those things, and therefore, who am I to, to to have a conversation with him about anything? Yeah. Um, and yet, not only do we see modeled for us the ability of human beings to have that conversation with God, but also sometimes their ability to change his mind, which is, I mean, is fascinating. Like God comes to Abraham says, I'm going to destroy a city. And Abraham's like, ah, oh, what about if there's 50 people that are good? And God's like, okay, 50 people, I won't destroy it. And then Abraham's like, well, hold on. What about 20? He's like, he's like yeah. basically like a used car salesman in reverse. He's like talking yeah. the price down. Hey, but everybody's yeah, 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 yeah. 50, yeah. 25. Yeah, it's it's very like, it's very like, you can almost like kind of look at him like, yeah, how low can I push this? Yeah. And in the end, I think they agree on five. Is it like that? Is yeah. something like that? And, and Jeremiah has similar conversations with God in that regard. So sometimes Moses is like, if you don't come with us, not going. So part, so part of the reality is, um, even if this makes you uncomfortable and this feels like when we, on Sunday morning, we promoted that lament should be a greater, play a greater role in the life of the church, in the life of followers of Jesus. If that's uncomfortable to you and it just feels like complaining, the reality is we still have to deal with the text because it's all over the place. Yeah. And Jeremiah, you might be able to say, well, he's not like really on target or something. He It's unjustified. Mm. But then if you go to the Psalms, it gets even worse. Yeah, 40% of the Psalms are lament Psalms. Yeah, 40%. 40%. Psalms of and lament or even worse, vengeance. Yeah. Psalms of vengeance, like it's not like the world isn't this way. It's kill them all. Mm. And that, oh, so then what's the, what's the scriptures trying to teach us there? And so you kind of just have to grapple with, God seems to be, like he left this in the text for us to wrestle with. So what is biblical meant? We see it all over the place and should we model our lives after it? But but don't you think like we, we even just in our human relationships, we see some of that, like you, you, you may be married or you have a roommate or you have kids or whatever. And you, you have this moment of conversation, which feels like it clears the air. And you, we even use phrases like, if I don't say this, I'm not going to get it off my chest. Um, the things that you bring to a conversation that's, that make you say, you know what? I'm at least glad we talked about it. Um, I'm yeah. at least glad we got it out on the table because I've been carrying this around for a while. And if I keep carrying it, it's going to be toxic. 
Or if you're a person like me, or maybe like you described your wife, I'm like, stuff it down. Yeah. I don't want to be a complainer. Oh, I hate it when other people complain to me, so mm. I'm not going to complain. And I stuff it down. And it, But if I'm honest, it's unsuccessful. Yeah. So what I do when I stuff it down is it leaks. Mm. I just bottle up all of my anger, my bitterness, my frustration. I put on a smiley face and... But then it just starts to leak out of my pores. And two months later, it might take two months, but two months later, I am just a grouchy, bitter, yeah, you know, something. And it's because I've let this thing fester so yeah, deeply I mean, I mean, down. And everyone around me is like, there's something off. And if I just brought it up or lamented properly or even talked to someone who hurt me or whatever, it might have been a hard conversation but it would have been short accounts and I wouldn't have like just oozed toxicity to everyone in my yeah. circle. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and we think, yeah, we think stuffing it down hides it, but it very rarely does. And even like you have a argument with that same person two months later and it's very quickly like, Oh yeah. Remember two months ago, like when you did this, totally. it's still been there the entire time. So, so totally. somewhere it feels like, that kind of conversation is beautifully invited. Yeah. Um, with the God that the Bible represents, or the God, the God the Bible presents. So I, I want to make a recommendation because this particular little little video clip, which I probably shown Alex a dozen times, I might even mentioned it on this podcast maybe last year sometime because I it comes back to you're me going all, to Walter Brueggemann. I am going to Walter Brueggemann. I love Walter. Good old Walter. But he does this teaching about the Psalms of Vengeance. Mm -hmm. And um, it's right here. Oh, now I got to pull up my phone. I think we should and refer to him as our friend, Walter Bruce. Our friend, good old Wally. He doesn't know about the podcast, but he's a friend of it. A friend of the podcast. So <laughs> he's, a, he's a character too. Like in this whole clip, like he's got his... You see his his watch right here, yeah. Like, and he, it rattles like obnoxiously the whole time he's teaching and making these gestures, and he makes all these funny voice. I mean, he's just a hysterical teacher, and he is brilliant. I mean, he is like as much brilliant. as anyone I've come across feels like he understands Old Testament yeah, old, narrative and how it works, and and yeah. So here's my recommendation: go to YouTube, search Walter Brueggemann Psalms of Vengeance. I'm not going to show it right now because I don't want. I want him to tell you because he does it better and you'll enjoy his personality. But that's what my recommendation is. And because, But let me just sort of summarize some of the basic principles of what he says here. He says, um, he reads the Psalm of Vengeance and then he says, Christians shouldn't feel this way. Mm. And then he says this, fair enough. Maybe we shouldn't. Mm. But what happens when we do? Yeah. And the reality is um, when those emotions well up, you have a couple options. You can either stuff them down, like I said, and they will leak. Mm -hmm. Like we are emotionally leaky mm -hmm. creatures, no matter how good you think you are at it. And I think I'm really wicked good at it. Oh, it I leaks out of us. terrible at it. And, um, or you can take matters into your own hands, go to the bad guys mm -hmm. and take them out. Yeah. They did something bad. I'm going to smack them. I'm mm -hmm. going to hit them. I'm going to yell at them. I'm going to, that doesn't sound very Christian either. Or 
And the recommendation that the scripture and the Psalms of vengeance is you bring it to God Mm -hmm. and you say, this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. I take all of my pain, my sorrow, my lament, Mm -hmm. and I can't take, I can't carry it around with me anymore. So instead I give it to someone who's wise enough to carry it and sometimes enact justice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God says, yeah, I hear you but you don't know about the variable yeah. that's in that person's life that I'm nurturing and caring for. Mm-hmm. And you don't know about the pain and the lament that's in their life. And the reason they hurt you is because of something that was lament worthy in their life. So I'm going to weigh these balances out and I'm going to enact justice perfectly mm-hmm. and grace perfectly, but at least it's off our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so um, anyway, watch this clip. I think it's tremendously helpful. And that's the difference between just solid whining and, and stuff. It's actually saying something's not right. I don't know what to do with it. The the best thing to do with it is to give it over to God. Yeah, and pro- protest is is a good way of of getting a window into lament. And I've had moments where I had an Apple iPad that broke last year, and Apple was supposed to send me a new one, and it didn't make it to my house. Um, it went back to the factory. And then when I called them up to say it went back to the factory, they said, well, we've decided we're not giving you an iPad. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, we looked at your record. It doesn't seem like you've been paying for Apple care. I'm like, but it said I had Apple care. And they're like, yeah, but we don't think you did. I'm like, and I've got no way to prove this and I can't fight the system. And I'm like, and I actually work in an organization with like, I don't know, 30 something employees that use Apple products with, different parts of the church. And yet you're so big that even if I said none of us are using Apple ever again, it wouldn't make the slightest bit of difference to you. And I'm completely helpless in this situation. And I'm so mad. And I know that it's not your fault, but you're the only one I can yell at right now. Um, yeah. And and like lament, yeah. protest. It's like something's wrong. Someone should fix this. Um. Like that, that window of, of like, even in the humorous situations or like in the surface, it's just an iPad. It's not the biggest deal in the world compared to some other things. Um, but it feels at that moment full of like, yeah, angst. Yeah. And I think the other beautiful thing about, so maybe another difference between just lament and complaining is um, maybe complaining is not towards God mm. at, at, in prayer, essentially. Like, Maybe complaining is like, I don't like it. I'm angry, whatever. And it's just left there. Um, Lament actually says the best place to do this is to hand that over to God and, and sort of let go. Yeah. It's and, and the other part of that process uh, that's beautiful in prayer is he has the ability to change you. Like you Mm -hmm. said in your, in the sermon, Lament changes us because sometimes you're like this for some petty thing, let's say, yeah. oh, this isn't fair. I don't like it. And then God says, I see you. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, what about this thing that's going on in your heart? And you're like, or in that prayerful moment, he can transform you and you say, you know what? Actually, I see that person who hurt me, their brokenness or their hurt and you know what, actually, now I actually feel compassion towards the person that hurt Mm. me or whatever. It's a journey with him where he can start to actually transform Mm. us. And that's the difference between like biblical lament and just wah, the end. Yeah. Like uh, self, self self-focused, entitled. Mm -hmm. It's actually trying to say, is this, isn't this bad? Do you agree with me? 
And then sometimes he says, no, I don't. Actually, you're the one that's bad. Um, and then you're like, okay, fair enough. And he does that kind of with Job. So, Well, I, I wonder, what's interesting to me, I think, is, is that America as a whole, bad at lament. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that carefully because I think generally... We touched on the Europeans brief. are great at it, right? Ah, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, although, the, though, his, I was trying to decide if this is an America versus no, no, it's UK not thing. actually. It's a so so as a whole. I think America were bad at it. Um, have nots tend to be better at it yeah. than haves. And I actually listened to this wonderful sermon a while back by by this guy Don Doctor Don Davis, who works with inner city people in, in Grand Rapids up in in Michigan. And he was talking about his upbringing in a small black community in, I think he was around the Memphis area. And he said, we would gather and the preacher would get up and preach. And then every week, uh, the same woman would get up and sing the same song. Every week they would finish with, he's sweet, I know. Um, storm clouds may rise, storm winds may blow. Like, And it just goes through this sense of like, I need some grounding in the midst of the storm around me. Um, and he said he would look around and he said, everyone just had tears pouring down their faces as they sang these words. And he said, as a kid, I would look around and be like, why are you all so upset? Like, why is everyone so moved by this? Yeah. And then he said, as I got older, I got to see what their lives were, that they were, they were porters, janitors, like people that were eking out livings on the very margins of society. And their lives were difficult. They were, they were, they were shaped by difficulty. Yeah. So we as people, and if you're someone that's got more, if you have, um, if you have money in the bank, if you don't live paycheck to paycheck, if you own a computer, if you, there's multiple statistics that you can look at that put you in the top 10% of wealth in the country. Yeah. When you live there, lament isn't an ever-present lament is something that you need but you don't know that you need it until you need it well partially because that situation if you're in that situation when something goes wrong our knee-jerk reaction in a western middle class or upper class probably even half of the western lower class mm -hmm. says well the answer is i can fix it yeah i can Pay or more money. Can fix it. Yeah. Put it on a credit card. Yeah. Um, run to this addiction. Run. So I'm the solution to the lament. Mm -hmm. Get angry at the person. Mm -hmm. Yell at them. Mm -hmm. Send them a mat nasty yeah. Facebook message yeah. or social media shame. Whatever. So we run to ourselves as the solution, and that's what Walter Brueggemann says. Yeah, you can take matters into your own hands. But that doesn't sound like the way of Jesus. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 and, and broadly speaking, like we see ways that the situation could change naturally through our own Efforts. brilliance of wisdom. But Even, when, uh, when you're yeah. a have not, yeah. there, there's a certain, well, you don't have the money. You don't have the influence. You don't have the access. You don't have the fill in the blank. The only option is to just wail, wail, wail. Yeah. Like you were howl, talking howl, about. Howl. Like, like how, yeah. oh yeah, how, how, how. Like, or you lose someone and you suddenly realize, mm -hmm. I can't resurrect people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's for a Westerner. Maybe yeah. the part where they feel lament the most is because they're like, no amount of money, mm -hmm. no amount of effort, no amount of influence. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether I'm a multi-billionaire, I cannot resurrect the yeah. dead. And then suddenly you feel the weight of it. And that's when people truly feel lament. Yeah. 
and 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 especially around like when you think about like what's the choral lament i did touch on king leah howl 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 is responsible is his response to the death of his favorite daughter yeah uh, it's the breakdown of emotion uh, sorry the breakdown of language yeah there is no words to describe what you want to describe hmm. there's something fascinating about the, the the hard part the sad part the the deepest sadness i should say of the loss of a child as i understand it is when you lose someone uh, older than you you lose their presence but you gain or keep the memories and losing a child is uh. not about memory it's about the loss of future because all of your expectations were tied into like this is what life looks like now so when you see parents that have lost a child it's like this is what life was supposed to be these were all the moments i imagined and now those moments yeah. are to be um there are no there's no memory there's only loss of future so that that's where lament gets super real for us as westerners because there's no fixing that and what has ta been taken from us is is not it can't be returned and that's why we've talked about this like africa what is yeah. it three years is the the, uh, the age that a lot of kids get named in parts of africa because the mortality is so yeah much either, either named or like acknowledged yeah. as really that significant especially by a, a father a father mm -hmm. kind of like when they make it to two two or three years old the father's like oh this one's gonna make it yeah um so so you're you're like you can't rely on a future with those children until they get to a certain point mm. and 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 future is the privilege of the wealthy like when you're poor you can't predict a future and yeah. if you can it's the same and that's what some of what don davis is tapping into so yeah. that like i don't think it's fair to say as a nation america americans uh, people that live here including myself and that were just bad at it i think we're, we're mixed what fascinates me is america seems to be one of the few nations that was founded on lament so oh, wow so Religious freedom, yeah. Yeah. Or poli religious like, like that's freedom, yeah. Taxation without representation. This isn't fair. This isn't how it's supposed to work. We should change this. We should create a nation that's built on different ideals that we should take matters into our own hands. We should, yeah. Hey, look at that. The foundation of American culture is let's do it ourselves. Yeah. Rise it, up, pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps, take care of it. Boston Tea Party. Yeah. But but it, but even like the religious language in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and stuff suggests like, no, this is a divine thing that's happening here. Yeah. Um. So so you might based on that almost expect us to be good at it. Um. And yet maybe there's a, a loss of roots there somewhere. But I do think you see in the way that Americans protest around different things, the way they vocalize, um, different things, the way even even like there's this fascinating tension between low authority countries and high authority countries so like there's some countries that like the, the respect for authority is so high you don't say anything to the authority figure yeah in terms of like like those those people tend to find it very hard to lament to god because he's so high and so distant yeah. um Interesting. and um, america's about as low as it gets on the authority I don't care who you like, all are complaining yeah, to you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. It doesn't matter if you're my boss's 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 boss, you're gonna hear it from me. Yeah. Um, so so 
there's a few things there that would make me expect that we would be better at lament. Huh. But I think the wealth and the affluence means that the richer you are, the, the, the harder you tend to find certain things to deal with. Uh, the writer Roald Dahl has this brilliant line where he talks about how the thing that rich people hate the most is the weather. Um, because it's one of the few things that <laughs> their can't money control. can't control. <laughs> like, That's it's funny. like a rainy day ruins your plans. It doesn't matter how rich you are. Like, yeah. Like, I want to go out and do this. It's raining. Nothing I can do. Um, so they're like, in the face of rain. That's but, interesting. But helpless. Huh. Um, so, all right. Last question. Uh, and this is intriguing. Um, it says, speak more to the historical, biblical context of sackcloth and ashes. What were the, uh, the social norms around that practice? And as a public visible sign of mourning and lament, it's hard to think of a modern day equivalent. Like, is there a modern day equivalent of sackcloth and ashes? And what do we miss in our modern day society that does so much to hide away our state of struggle? I love that. This is like seven questions. It is. It should be a whole podcast. Yeah, I I, uh, I was actually talking to the person who sent this in. I, he, he didn't put his name down, so I'm not going to mention on the podcast. But um, he's like, yeah, I wish, I wish that there was, like, our culture allowed for some sort of visible representation of our sorrow or pain or lament or mourning mm -hmm. that would allow uh, everyone to sort of, like, empathize a little bit differently. Mm. Whereas we're just expected in our society to just clean it up and wash it off. And, and, and I, I would say, like, it, I think in terms of our society, we can probably talk about our white society. Not that I ah. want to constantly split people based on on race, because I think there's there's probably enough of that. But mm. but we the Englishness of America, like the 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 heritage. I appreciate it you taking the hit for us. Impacts a lot more of white America <laughs> than it does anywhere else. So so there's a lot of like Victorian England and even before that, like what was the best thing you could say to a, a kid that lost his parents? Oh, you kept a stiff upper lip. Way to go, kid. Like you didn't cry. Like what? Yeah. You just lost both your parents. Why would that be a good thing? Like it's absurd. Yeah. But that's what we said to people for generations. Keep a stiff upper lip. Don't show any emotion. You see, like, guys desperately trying to hide any real sense of emotion. And that certainly, I think, bled into, into a lot of American culture. Um, yeah. th there's not a lot of expression. So, yeah, the sackcloth and ashes reference a lot of the time, multiple times within the Old Testament, there's this language of yeah, sackcloth and ashes as a sign of grief. Um, you would dress in sackcloth, you would tip ashes on your head, um, and sackcloth, as far as I can get behind the why, is simply it was uncomfortable. Yeah. It was supposed to remind you that life was bad right now. Um, and, and then the ashes, visible demonstration. So back in a day where people didn't wash a lot or didn't have the means to, to, to take regular, like there was no running water and stuff. People would put oil on their head to to make themselves look like they were everything was Cleaner, good. Yeah. Ashes is the opposite of that. It's this reminder of death. It's this, you know, it's this visible sense of you can see clearly I'm mourning. I want you to know I'm mourning. Whereas I I think this is where it gets to the root of the question. Our culture is, I want you to hopefully not know I'm mourning. 
if I can hide it, I've done I've done what I was yeah. I was setting out to do. Mm. Um, I, I, and so at its core, I think, isn't it a, an unwillingness to be okay with not being okay? I, I would think so. Yeah, it's and I guess the modern day equivalent might be wearing black, yeah. like. But that would be weird if you're like, uh, I'm going to lament an injustice that's happening in our political system. So I'm going to wear black. Like we were yeah. like, who died? Yeah. Well, and so, yeah, there may not be as good of a universal visible sign for us culturally. And nowadays, even for when you lose someone, you're supposed to celebrate their life, not mourn their loss. Yeah. Culturally, yeah, black- and at least in a wider society. Now that- there is still some cultural differences with that. Yeah, there's better yeah. morning. Black, wearing black, yeah, that goes back a long way now. Apparently, reportedly, Martin Luther used to have real bad depression. Yeah. And so he was acting so depressed at one point, his wife came down dressed in like a black morning gown. And Martin Luther said, like, why are you dressed like that? And she said, God's dead. And he was like, no, you stupid woman. God's not dead. What do you mean? And she said, well, why are you acting the way you are? I'm, I'm paraphrasing a fair bit. But oh, <laughs> like it just, wow, like, that's funny. That, that tradition is, is, is a, at least a as old as the Reformation. Definitely. Well, she was a spicy woman. By the yeah. Um, but I, I do think you're right. There is a, we're going to celebrate life aspect. Um, and yet there are, I think even in the midst, midst of that, there are people that, if they're honest, need to find space to grieve. Um, and, and it doesn't always cut it. It is a bit of a, sh- a shoving the emotions down. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, the singer George Ezra has a song called Green, Green Grass um, that he wrote in the Bahamas, and he said he was on the beach, and there was this sound of, like, s- dancing, celebration, all these types of things, and he went over to find out what it was, and it turned out it was a funeral. Um, and so he took the, li- the, the, the lyrics that they were singing, um, Wow. Uh, and turned it into a song and the lyrics go green green grass blue blue sky you better throw a party on the day that i die um wow. like so that that move to celebration i don't know if that's completely an american thing or even a bad thing yeah i don't um, necessarily think so either think, i'm I just think, saying like yeah it's still it's an additional demonstration of of somewhat of the avoidance of pain yeah, to some extent. But, but ju- yeah. ju- I mean, the the helpful thing with with certainly modern day Judaism is its definite sense of like, well, the sitting shiv for I think seven days, which is a deeply personal sense of like, there's a lot of silence, a lot of wailing. There's a movement from that for like from the seven days to a, a longer thirty days, huh. where things shift a little bit. And then, then for the closest family, there's like a thir- a whole year long time of of grief, but it, it definitely gives you some steps to walk of, through. Okay, now I'm ready to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which speaking of which, uh, we didn't get a chance to mention this Sunday, but I think it'd be important for us to to mention that because our society is not the best at this, and our culture is not the best at this. Um, maybe one recommendation is just to get some help mm-hmm. with learning to lament. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why we have support groups at South there. Uh, they tend to be groups where people who are more, um, 
more well-versed at lamenting well or grieving well, like grief share, uh, uh, you know, celebrate recovery. There's some of these other things, uh, these support groups that we have in our uh, care ministries mm. that are environments that generally speaking, the, the leaders know and understand healthy lament mm. better. And so maybe if that's if there's a place where you need to lament and you're like, not sure about, am I complaining? Am I not complaining? Am I doing it too much? Am I not doing it enough? Those are great safe places to start, dip mm. your toes in the water and to see the healing power of lament. And so I'd encourage you to like, look some of those up and maybe find some of those environments and get some guidance from people who are, are good at lamenting because there are people out there who who are good at that. Mm. They actually know yeah. how to do it in healthy ways. Yeah, I do. I do think one challenge for us specifically around lament that's connected to grief. Someone said once, "We're the first generation, probably like you're my generation, is the first generation that doesn't want to outlive their parents." Um, so for the first time in history, we're regularly saying things that are close to. Maybe they lived a little bit too long. Because of our ability to keep people alive, even within declining health, to keep huh. treating, to keep resuscitating. You, you even hear so many people now have like, do not resuscitate on the medical records because they're 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 ready to to ready to go. Yeah, interesting. Um, but but we we can we can prolong. So like that's where life, where it becomes a celebration, right? More clearly. Um, in a much easier sense, like, yeah, like, thank goodness, finally. There's no, there's no more pain. There's, there's no more pain. Like they, they weren't the same person anymore. They like, that's a complicated thing that that's pretty new in history. Yeah. It didn't really exist before you started to decline. There was nothing to stop the decline. Yeah. Um, like people could, could eke it out, but there wasn't always the resources to keep them going. And, uh, and so we read now historically, like in, in, um, in India, when people got sick, they would lay them out like by the river on the gnats and, and either the crocodiles would come take them or the river would come take them or, or huh. eventually hunger. And, and we think what a compassionless, compassionless society. Um, but we've almost adopted this like life at any cost policy, which is incidentally what happens to a society than its practices at least have no real sense of, of an afterlife. In no sense of a laugh. Yeah. Like mm. what, what the, there's nothing to move on to. And, and maybe no ability to maintain uh, and cultivate new relationships mm -hmm. going forward. Cause that's another one of the big sorrows of, uh, is that someone's just lives for such a long time that they've lost all their friends. Mm -hmm. They've lost all of their family. Yeah. They've lost. And so they're, very few relationships left mm -hmm. to keep them bound and that sort of thing. And so um, that's a deep, lamentable grief yeah. for some, so some you, people. But yeah. you just don't hear that language of past generations. Like regularly you'll hear people say things today, like I'm going to get to 80, I'm going to ski off a cliff. Yeah, I'm going to get to 80 and I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to jump out of a plane and not pull the chute. Like, like the, you, you start to hear some of those things that just weren't present before because because you didn't have that same aspect to living. Yeah, interesting. Um, so I think the, when, when you see that, lament becomes harder as a universal practice to death, which it almost always was for every passing historically. Yeah. Um, 
such a complicated thing. It is. Any other final words um, as as well, Pastor of South? How? What? Any? Ready? Oh, you're in about. Whoa. Oh wow. Wow. There's like. Who was that? What was that? That was. Wow. There was some heavy metal going on in my phone. I don't even listen to it. <laughs> How in the world did my phone get to that? Anyway. Another form of protest. Another form of lament. Yeah. Screaming. Seriously. Um, I, I feel like I'd love to finish by just saying that last question, what do we miss as a modern society? I think we touched on that. Like, how do we find a modern day equivalent? I think is just an intriguing thread to pull at some point. Uh, and and I, I was just trying to think what practices are that you can engage in that, that literally say, yes, this is my way of lamenting. The only thing that I can think of is um, we talk about family reunions around like loss and grief. I think those are probably something that's really healthy. My yeah. wife's grandfather just passed away and all of his kids got together in the wake of that at the cabin that they've all gone to up in Minnesota for years. And they actually said, this is the first time we got together just us in years. We don't even remember the last time just the six of us were together. Huh. Um, and so something magical suddenly happens there. That's, that's probably a really healthy thing. My mom has said to me multiple times, like when I pass away, I don't want a funeral. Like we go to this beach house every year. I want you to take my ashes. I want you to go down to the beach house. I want you to take a trip together. I want you to release the ashes. There's the, some of those things that I think create some of the space. Now, they may need intentional space for tears and an intentional space for some of the anger around that. But but I do think we've got a few things that I'm like, okay, that seems healthy. Yeah. Create some space for that. And I think another, another way, and this is tricky, there is a fine line between this l healthy lament and complaining kind of thing, but sometimes a, a, a modern day equivalent can be, hey, how's it going? Mm. And you say, you know what? Um, I'm actually just wrestling through this. Mm. Not saying I'm great yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah. Be, that actually catches people off guard. Now, I will say, I know some, uh, some um, wise older saints who have the ability to do that without then transferring their sorrow to someone else. Because mm. sorrow and lament and anxiety, these sort of things can be contagious. And there's like a few people that I know um, that have the ability when I say, so, hey, how's it going? And they say this like heavy, whoa, like that's heavy, but it's not in such a way they can say it with, where they're like, I'm processing this with God, but I'm telling you actually how I'm doing and it's not great, but I'm not transferring that heaviness to your life mm. i'm i'm just saying i'm actually answering the question mm -hmm. honestly mm -hmm. um this happened a couple months ago mm -hmm. with peter pearson he was just i said hey how's it going and he he, he said something like i'm really grieving this mm. and i was like oh i had a moment of of somber and thinking and processing but it, he didn't say it in a way like i really need you to take this mm -hmm. on with me and grieve with yeah. me and all that he just sort of had this ability to be honest yeah and I think that that maybe is a beautiful thing. I love thing. that. I think taking off the mask with somebody is huge. Yeah. Would be huge. So, who are the people you're in relationship with? Where can you say, yeah, the mask that I wear a lot of the time, I'm putting on the sackcloth and ashes with you? 
And it doesn't have to be everyone. In fact, it might not be healthy to be everyone because some people cannot handle that. But there's some safe places where you can lament and it's received well and with wisdom. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. I love that. Cool. Good stuff. So how's it going, Alex? (laughs) It's going great. (laughs) Brilliant. Me too. I'm just dandy. (laughs) All right. We all, we love you all. Catch you later. Well, thanks again for listening. And we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this. So feel free to leave comments, questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.